Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. Man, we're having a party in the house today. I just leaned over to Heather and I said, it feels kind of like revival in this place today, doesn't it? It just feels like people are coming alive and following Jesus. And we saw so many people give testimony in water baptism. So it's an exciting day. As Casey mentioned, we have Alpha starting and we want to encourage you if you're exploring faith to check that out and be a part of that community of answering questions or asking questions and just dialoguing about these um, issues of faith and questions of faith that you might have. Also, next Sunday, we're starting a brand new series called I Am Jesus. I want to encourage you to come on out, be a part of that. And so maybe you're asking, who is Jesus? We're going to go through the next seven weeks, the seven, seven or eight weeks, the next uh, number of weeks, we're talking about the I Am statements of Jesus, who he said he was. And so maybe you want to go deeper in your faith or you want to learn more. So that starts next Sunday. But how many know Easter time reminds us of newness? This time of year, uh, things are blooming. How many are thankful that the snow is gone and, and, and uh, things are starting to there's show signs of life? I was driving here today and there's areas on the, on the road, you know, where uh, it's usually brown. I noticed today, especially it's turning green. Uh, I, I noticed that there are signs of newness. There are signs of life. How many people you're seeing it start to happen in your yard? Now I have to admit to you, um, I have ignored my lawn. I, some people are green thumbs. I'm a brown thumb or a gray thumb or no thumb at all. I, I have not, I've ignored my front lawn for the last couple of years and I've paid the price for it this spring because I just probably a week ago or so I noticed that my neighbor's lawn was turning green already and mine was still brown. And I didn't like that. (laughs) That did not sit well with me. So I was talking to Peter Sherman here in the church. He said, you need to go to Costco and you need to get fertilizer. So I'll let you know, several days ago, I went out with some fertilizer and I was out there fertilizing my lawn. And friends, I want to testify this morning. I want to bring testimony to you today. That as I was walking out on my driveway today, I looked at my front lawn. There were signs of newness. There were signs of life. My lawn has been resurrected. (laughs) And this time of Easter, we're talking about signs of newness, signs of resurrection. I want to talk to you today about how Jesus makes all things new. Jesus makes all things new. So to do that, I want us to look at 1 Corinthians 15 just momentarily today. And this is where the Apostle Paul writes this text to the church in Corinth. And the believers that are there, he's he's writing in his letter, reminding them about resurrection. Paul unpacks a whole section of scripture all about resurrection and what it means and reminding them how important it is in our faith, believing that Jesus actually physically rose from the grave This is what Christianity is. This is what our entire faith hangs on, that Jesus physically rose from the dead and he's alive today and he sent us his Holy Spirit. How many know he said he's coming back again and he's coming back for his bride, his church. 
And this is what makes our faith what it is. Not that we believe kind of it's an illustration or some kind of metaphor that Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus actually physically rose from the dead. And so Paul, as he unpacks this section of scripture, he, he helps us understand this life transforming message of Easter. This is what he says. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ, watch this, here it is. Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. And so Paul is writing to this group of believers. It's probably about 20 years from the actual event of the resurrection. It's not that long ago, just a couple decades. And Paul's saying, I want to remind you, in case you've been believing something else, this is actually true. This resurrection actually happened. And this is the good news. This is the gospel. The gospel means good news. It means the fact that it is good news that Jesus rose from the grave because that means that he has canceled out all of your mistakes, all of your sin, all of your failure. I mean, one of the most beautiful things about this Easter season is it doesn't matter how many failures, how many mistakes you've made in the past, that all things have been made new because Jesus rose from the grave. Jesus is alive and he's alive in the hearts of men and women, even here today. And today, people have been baptized in water, and you heard testimony. We had a whole bunch of people in the first service baptized in water, testifying. We had people in this service saying, this is my next step of obedience in following Jesus. I've, I've received him in my heart by faith, but now I'm following Jesus in his command to be baptized in water. And as they were baptized in water, it's, it is symbolic in the sense that it is identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. What it means to be baptized in water is to say, I believe this gospel. I believe this good news for myself. And not only do I believe it in my head, I believe it with my whole being. And I'm demonstrating in front of my friends and my family, I am saying, I am literally dying with Christ by going under the water. You are identifying with the death of Christ. And as you go under the water completely, this is why we do immersion. It's the way they did it in the Bible. It identifies and it speaks of then the water being a grave. And now you are, you are your old self going under the water. Now your sin, your shame, your mistakes, your failures, everything you've ever done is washed away in a watery grave forever. It's the tomb, and you're identifying with the burial of Jesus. And now you bury that stuff in that water. It's never going to come back again. And as you raise up, you raise up. That's why they were smiling. Because you raise up in newness of life. I am now alive. All things are new. The old has passed away. All things have become new. This is the good news. This is the gospel that Paul is reminding these believers in Corinth of. And we saw it happening here today. He says in another book he wrote to the Romans, he says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live 
a new life. All things now are new because of Christ. This is the message of Easter. You don't have to live in the past. You don't have to live in your mistakes. But in Christ, through Christ, through your faith and your trust in him, all things are new. And then further on in our text this morning, Paul, he says he was seen, Jesus, by Peter. And so remember, this is a recent event. And he's reminded them, Peter saw Jesus when he resurrected. And he's, he was seen by the 12. And after that, he was seen by, watch this, more than 500 of his followers at once. So there were 500 people that were like, that's Jesus. There he is. And this is not that long ago in history. He's saying, I want to remind you that Jesus physically resurrected. And there are witnesses. And he says, all of them at one time, most of them are still alive. Though some have died. He says, you guys can go check it out for yourself. You know, Frank, and you know, Bill, and you know, Sally, and you know, Jennifer, they were there in that fight. You can go talk to them. You can actually phone them up, hit them up with a text, take them out to Starbucks, have a coffee, and say, tell me about that time that Jesus actually appeared to you after he resurrected. Yeah, I was with 500 people at that time, and he, he came in, and this is what happened. I mean, there were stories of real-time people that had seen and witnessed for themselves the resurrected Christ. And Paul say, I want to remind you that this is because there were some things in that culture where people didn't believe in resurrection. How could that ever be possible? And in our mindsets, it's hard for us to comprehend that, isn't it? That somebody could actually conquer death. But Jesus is the one in history who has made all things new. And he's the hope that we have. And he's the one that actually conquered death and hell and raised and was, was risen from the grave. He says, this is real. You can go to talk to these people. Today, over 2 billion people around the world proclaim to be followers of Christ who are celebrating this Easter. And they're here today, not because of a legend, not because of some story that was made up, because of God who became man and suffered and died and willingly went to the cross as a sacrifice for all mankind, willingly laid down his life. He didn't have to, but he did. He hung on that cross. He could have called all the angels of heaven to say, forget it, game over. Let's scrap this plan. Plan A's not working out. Let's go to plan B. There was no plan B. He came and he suffered and he sacrificed and he died. People say, well, a lot of people died on a Roman cross. What's the big deal about Jesus? Jesus chose to suffer in the most gruesome and and horrific way that any one in history has ever suffered. Yes, there were other criminals and others who were crucified, but God who became flesh, he came down. He said, I want to know your suffering. I want to know your pain. I want to identify with you in the deepest, darkest place, the, the, big, the greatest agony and the greatest anguish and the greatest rejection and the, ra- the greatest pain that you could have ever experienced. I, I've experienced that. And he's, he's, our, he's our God who is so personal to us. And, and the Bible says in Hebrews that he understands our weaknesses and he understands understands our failures and he he understands that that brokenness he knows what it feels like to be broken he knows what it feels like to be lost he knows what it feels like in that moment where he said my god my god why have you forsaken me even his father he felt that sense of distance even with his father he knows what it feels he knows what you feel like when you feel lost and you feel broken and you feel like people have walked away from you feel like you've failed you feel like you don't, nobody else understands my brokenness and my pain. Jesus Christ, he came and identified with you and with me by dying on that cross. And today it's 
our opportunity again to trust Jesus. The only way that we can ever experience newness in our lives is when we put our trust in Jesus, in the work of the cross, what he did for you and for me. Yes, he did it for the whole world, friend, but he also did it for you. As Casey said, he knew you would be here today. He knew you would be hearing this message of the gospel. And so here's one of the big ideas of this message today. Trusting in Jesus leads to newness in life. This is what it requires. If you want to experience newness in your life, if, if, you, if you desire for the dead things, the mistakes, the failures to, to, to be washed away forever, to come into newness of life, into eternal life, it's just trusting in Jesus. And then Paul goes on and he said, hey, last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time. In other words, I, I, I wish this would have worked out differently. But the thing is here, he says, I also saw Jesus. Paul says, I also saw him for I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way that I persecuted God's church. Now, remember the apostle Paul who's writing this. He was the biggest persecutor of Christians in that time. He, he didn't believe in Jesus. He thought this is a bunch of baloney. This is not you know, the way it's supposed to be. He was a very extremely well-educated man, a, a high intellect. He's one of the most influential people in history. Besides Jesus Christ, the apostle Paul is, is without arg- much argument, the mo- most, one of the most influential people in, in all of history. And as Paul says this, he says, I was the one that was going against Jesus and, and I'm the least of the apostles, but even me, God graced me to see him. And you remember the story where Paul, he, he, was, he was on his way and, and, and as he was on his way to persecute Christians, Jesus himself, the resurrected Christ showed up and said, Paul, why are you going against me? And maybe you're here today and there's areas of your life, there's areas of your heart. And you're like, I'm going against God. I'm going against him in my thinking, in my, in my attitude, in my behavior. I don't really believe in Jesus or I'm, I'm actually against Jesus. I want to encourage you today that even Paul encountered Jesus in a real way. And when he put his trust in him, when he encountered Jesus personally for himself, he said, everything's changed. This resurrection now has changed the apostle Paul. He was going one way and now he's going completely in a different direction. And maybe you're here today. You say, I'm not against Jesus. I just don't really know. I don't really have it all figured out. You see, there's a lot of things that would have to come together for me to put my trust in Christ. And I want to say, I respect that. And I respect the journey that you would be on today because maybe you've read some books or you've had some other information uh, where you've been studying about the resurrection You know, it's true that there are all kinds of great arguments from an intellectual perspective that would come against the resurrection. You say, okay, that kind of makes sense to me. But how many know that there are equally just as many arguments and proof of the resurrection? In fact, it far surpasses any arguments against the resurrection. And you can do the research yourself, and I would encourage you to do that. I would encourage you to hit the books and to study and to learn for yourself. But friend, once it becomes real to you, just like Paul, it has to, there has to come a moment where it becomes real to you. And when it becomes real to you is when Jesus Christ himself reveals himself to you and all things have become new. And some people say, well, I'm a good person. I try hard and I'm working hard to, you know, do an, you know I, I'm going to do more good things than bad things. And the thing is, is God doesn't look at it that way. You could do all kinds of good works. And you might be a good person in many respects, but the Bible says that all of our good works are like filthy rags compared to how good God is. And it really doesn't amount to anything. And some people think, well, if I do enough good things, then God will accept me. 
and, and if I do enough you know, church things or maybe attend church or all these things, then, then I could find newness of life. No, the Bible says that you can go to church. I mean, the Bible speaks of this. You can do religious things. You can, you can do all kinds of good activities, but you can still be dead in your sin. And, the, and the, the truth is and the reality is is that Jesus did not die to make bad people good. He died to make dead people come alive in newness of life. That all things are new in Christ. And this is the Easter message. And it's not about trying to do better. Here's another thought today. It's not about trying to do better. It's about trusting Jesus completely. This is the Easter story. This is the Easter message. My prayer for everyone today is that we would all encounter the reality of Jesus. For some of you, it may be for the very first time. For some of you, you may have been walking away from God. In your life, you've made decisions and choices that you're ashamed of. And friends, there's no shame in your past because Jesus covers all over, over every mistake and failure you've ever made. This is the good news. Is you, don't, you can't earn your way to God. You can't do enough good things. You just have to trust the work of Jesus, that he would make dead things come to life. And this is what we are celebrating on this Easter Sunday, that Jesus is making people come alive even today and all over this world. But here in Calgary, people are coming to life today in Christ because they're making a decision again to say, Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. I can't put my trust in myself, but I'm humbling myself. It takes surrender. It takes humbling yourself. It takes humility to say, Jesus, your ways are higher than mine. And I put my trust in you today. Jeremiah says this, the prophet in the Old Testament. He said, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Watch this picture. It's beautiful. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep in the water. And such trees are not bothered by the heat or are worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. It speaks of newness of life. In the book of Revelation, we know that Jesus himself, the risen Christ, is on his throne. And he says this, he says, behold, I am making all things new. That's who Jesus is. That's what Jesus does. That's what he offers to you today in a personal way, that he can take the old failure, sin, and brokenness of your life. And as you put your trust in him today, and as you put your trust in this good news, this gospel, that Jesus himself died on the cross, he was buried in a tomb. And all of your sin and all of your shame were nailed to that cross and were buried in that tomb. But Jesus rose in newness of life and he's invited you and me to be part of that resurrection. The resurrected king, we sing that, is resurrecting me. That means Jesus' resurrection is your resurrection. That means that what Jesus did for you, his death and his, his penalty that he paid on the cross, he died and took all your sin and all your shame on that cross. That's your sin. That's your shame. But as he buried in that tomb, it's buried there. And as he raised from the grave in newness of life, that life is yours. And this is the good news of Easter today. I wonder today if you would put your trust in him. I wonder today if you would let go of your own ideas and your own failures and your own arguments in your own heart and say, today, Jesus, I'm choosing to trust you. I heard this illustrative story. 
It's about a guy. Let's call his name Dave. And Dave was out walking by a cliff. He fell off a cliff. He's hanging on to dear life for a branch. And as he's hanging on that branch, he's calling out, help, is anybody up there? Can somebody help me? And as he calls out, all of a sudden he hears a voice, Dave, are you there? I'm here. And he says, yes, I'm here. Who are you? I can't see you. How do you even know my name? And the voice says, Dave, it's the Lord. And Dave says, hey, Lord, this is awesome. I'm almost ready to let go. My muscles are wearing out. I can't, I'm going to die because I'm too far up high. If I let go, I'm going to die. And I'm too far down. I can't climb up to rescue myself. I'll do anything you want me to do, Lord. I'll I'll feed the poor. I'll, 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 I'll witness to all my friends. I'll do whatever you want me to. I'll read the Bible every day. You ask me anything to do and I'll do it. I just need to be saved. And what happened was the voice, there was a little bit of silence. And after a long period of silence, finally, as Dave was hanging there, he says, I'll do anything. And the Lord says, okay, just let go of the branch. And then there was some more silence. And then Dave said, help, help. Is anyone else out there to rescue me? And some of you are kind of like that. You've been looking for ways to rescue yourself. You've been trusting in yourself and trusting in somebody other than Jesus. But friends, I'm here to remind us today that all things have been made new because of Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can forgive you of your sins. He is the only one that that is able to forgive you of your past and give you new life in Christ. And today you can experience that. Would you stand with me, please, if you're able, as we conclude in a time of prayer. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord with half your heart. No. Trust in the Lord with a little piece of your mind. No. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own. Don't figure it out yourself. In all all your ways, say, God, it's you. He will direct your path. He will save your soul today as you put your trust in him. I'm going to pray for two different things this morning. The first one, if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes in this moment, I believe there are people here this morning and today's your day. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day where it's your opportunity just by faith to say, God, I realize in my life, my life's been like a dead lawn. My life has been like a lifeless, dead place. And God, today I want to have resurrection life flowing through me. I want to be saved. I want to have my sins forgiven. I want to know that, that I'm going to heaven. You see, God, when he first created mankind, he created us to live eternally. But because of sin, sin and death are connected. But Jesus conquered both sin and death so we can live eternally with him if we put our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth and the life. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you open that door, I will come in and we will have dinner together. It speaks of relationship. It speaks of eternity with Jesus Christ. It speaks no longer are you an object of death, but you now have been saved and you've been, you've been brought to life as he's made all things new. And if you're here today and that's you, you say, I want to know today beyond a shadow of a doubt that my sins are forgiven, that I'm going to heaven, that that I'm a Christian. You may not have everything figured out, but it's the starting point where you say, that's where it starts. You say, Jesus, I put my trust in you, that you rose from the, the grave. I'll figure out the rest of it later. But today, God, I'm saying, I put my trust in you. I have no one else to hang on to. I am tired of hanging on to myself. And today I let go and I say, Jesus, I trust that you will catch me. 
If you're here today and that's you, as everybody's praying and, and eyes are closed right now in this place, people are praying, would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me, Ben, just remember me today in prayer. I'm saying yes to Jesus in my life. I'm gonna just wait a minute. Just hold up your hand and just, just hold it there until I can make eye contact with you. Yeah, awesome. I'm seeing some hands going up today. Awesome. Yeah, I see some hands going up today. That's great. Just hold it up there. Awesome. I'll remember to pray for you. That's great. Anybody in the balcony today? Come on, don't, this is your day. Don't, don't wait any longer. God's speaking to you. Yeah, I see hands going up. People are saying, that's me. I want to put my trust in Jesus today. I want to start a new life with Christ. Yeah, at the back. Let's pray together. Here's the thing. God sees your hands and God sees your heart. That's the most important thing. So Lord, as people are reaching out to you with their hands and they're reaching out to you with their lives today, I thank you that you see every life, every decision that is being made for you in this moment. And if you just raise your hand in this moment, would you just pray something like this from your heart? Jesus, I ask you today to come into my life and to clean me out on the inside. Forgive all my sin and all my failure. I believe you died on the cross for me. And today I put my trust in you. And I thank you, Lord, that you've made all things new in my life, that I'm going to heaven and that I have eternity with you. Come fill me, Holy Spirit, with your power and help me to live for you. And if you pray to prayer from your heart today, you can know that you're born again. Come on, there should be a party in the house today. There's a party in heaven. The people have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Hallelujah. Let me just pray for you today. If, if you desire just newness in your life, there's healing in your body. There's just something that you just need that resurrection power of God to break through. There's a miracle that you're contending for. Would you raise your hands in this moment? Father, you see every hand right now, Lord. People are reaching out to you saying, God, that resurrection power, that same power that raised Jesus from the grave, it's alive and active and working and living in me. And God, today by faith, we claim and lay hold of all the things that you have for us as a church, all the things you have for us as a family, and we say yes and amen, God, that you are making all things new. All things have become new in Jesus Christ. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. Come on, let's clap our hands and give a shout of praise to God today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.